Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. Part of the Christian's ultimate hope is an end to the conflict between evil and the people of God. And that, of course, is what Peter is writing about when he writes to persecuted Christians who are probably going, what do we do? Well, this is what Peter writes to them. He says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear them or be intimidated. But in your hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you. And that's how we're going to kick off today where our New Testament reading in the book of Revelation is about the end of that final, final conflict. Now, take a step back, big picture. Oh, and hey, welcome to today's little chunk of our journey through the Bible in a year. And take a big step back from the book of Revelation, right? After the, there's an intro and an epilogue, but in the middle, there's this kind of like things that are section, right? Christ's presence with and knowledge of the churches, which is that kind of first letters to the churches. And then there's this big long section that could be called like the things that shall take place after this, which is the church's defense or Christ's defense of his church and the destruction of its enemies. And that's like chapters four through the beginning of 22, right? So along the way, we heard about the lamb and the scroll, right? The current and coming woes, which were the precursors to the end. Then there was angels and trumpets and warnings of coming wrath. And then yesterday we heard about the woman, her son, the dragon, and the beasts, plural, in this cosmic conflict between Christ and Satan. And today we hear about the bulls of God's wrath. Now, this kind of today is going to not be very long, but it wraps up this final conflict, right? God's people in conflict with evil. Now, I just want to point out one other thing before we get going. Did you notice yesterday that there were two beasts? I'm not going to speculate on why there are two beasts. There was one that came out of the sea and one that comes out of the earth. But generally speaking, I think it's safe to say this. The dragon, Satan, and the two beasts represent an unholy trinity. That is Satan, the liar, trying to mimic the, the nature, the very nature of God. Revelation chapter 15 and 16 today. Then I saw another great and awe-inspiring sign in heaven, seven angels with the seven last plagues, for with them God's wrath will be completed. I also saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had won the victory over the beast, its image, and the number of its name were standing on the sea of glass with harps from God, and they sang the song of God's servant 
Moses and the Song of the Lamb. Great and awe-inspiring are your works, Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Lord, who will not fear and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All the nations will come and worship before you because your righteous acts have been revealed. After this I looked, and the heavenly temple, the tabernacle of testimony, was opened. Out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues, dressed in pure bright linen with golden sashes wrapped around their chests. And one of the four living creatures gave the seven angels seven golden bowls filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And then the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and severely painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped its image. The second poured out his bowl into the sea. It turned to blood like that of a dead person, and all life in the sea died. The third poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. I heard the angel of the waters say, You are just the Holy One who is and who was, because you have passed judgment on these things. Because they poured out the blood of the saints and of the prophets, you have given them blood to drink. They deserve it. And I heard the altar say, Yes, Lord God the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire, and, and people were scorched by the intense heat. So they blasphemed the name of God, who has the power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. The fifth poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues because of their pain, and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. But they did not repent of their works. The sixth poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Then I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming from the dragon's mouth, from the beast's mouth, and from the mouth of the false prophet, for they are the demonic spirits performing signs who travel to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for the battle on the great day of God, the Almighty. Next words here, my friends, are in red, so catch this. For they are the demonic spirits performing signs who travel to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for the battle on the great day of God, the Almighty. Look, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who is alert and remains clothed so that he may not go around naked and people see his shame. So they assembled the kings at the place called, in Hebrew, Armageddon. Then the seventh poured out his bowl into the air, 
and a loud voice came out from the temple from the throne saying, It is done. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. And a severe earthquake occurred like no other since people have been on the earth. So great was the quake. The great city split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. Babylon the Great was remembered in God's presence. He gave her the cup filled with the wine of his fierce anger. Every island fled and the mountains disappeared. Enormous hailstones, each weighing a hundred pounds, fell from the sky on people and they blasphemed God for the plague of hail because that plague was extremely severe. And that is Revelation 15 and 16, which gives us a little bit longer time for a wisdom segment today. And uh, as we barrel a little closer here to, um, to wrapping up this time through the New Testament, I'll just say this. I think it's easy to read that stuff and kind of think almost fantastically because, you know, at least some of us have been kind of shaped by movies or, you know, images of, of this cosmic conflict. And that's not necessarily wrong. But I think the important point isn't the, isn't the conflict. It's God's justice and his sovereignty, meaning his perfect justice brings an end to that conflict between evil and the people of God. All right, we pick up today in Proverbs 27 at verse 20, and we're going to catch a couple different chunks, the first chunk of which kind of finishes up this uh, chapter 27, which, broadly speaking, speaks of faithfulness and love. Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied And people's eyes are never satisfied. As a crucible refines silver and a smelter refines gold, so a person should refine his praise. Though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with grain, you will not separate his foolishness from him. Know well the condition of your flock and pay attention to your herds. For wealth is not forever, not even a crown lasts for all time. When hay is removed and new growth appears, the grain from the hills is gathered in, lambs will provide your clothing and goats will provide the price of a field. There will be enough goat's milk for your food, for your whole household, and nourishment for your female servants. All right, that's chapter 27. Chapters 28 and 29 uh, kind of speak to exploitation and the need for law. And I'll just say this because we don't usually kind of read this much of Proverbs in one sitting, but maybe we'll come back to this idea because as Proverbs wraps up with kind of the, the vision of Hezekiah and kingship and what that should look like, I think it provides a great contrast relative to what we're about to read, right? Because the powerful and wealthy have always exploited the poor, right? Oppressors govern without benefiting the governed. Uh, They often know nothing of justice. They amass fortunes by exorbitant interest or other schemes, right? And they ignore 
the needs of regular people. Uh, not that, I mean, this all happened 2,000, 3,000 years ago. This doesn't happen today, of course. Proverbs 28. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing them, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. When a land is in rebellion, it has many rulers. But with a discerning and knowledgeable person, it endures. A destitute leader who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain that leaves no food. Those who reject the law praise the wicked, but those who keep the law pit themselves against them. The evil do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand everything. Better a poor person who lives with integrity than a rich one who distorts right and wrong. A discerning son keeps the law, but a companion of gluttons humiliates his father. Whoever increases his wealth through excessive interest collects it for the one who is kind to the poor. Anyone who turns his ear away from hearing the law, even his prayer is detestable. The one who leads the upright into an evil way will fall into his own pit, but the blameless will inherit what is good. A rich person is wise in his own eyes, but a poor one who has discernment sees through him. When the righteous triumph, there is great rejoicing, but when the wicked come to power, people hide. The one who conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them will find mercy. Happy is the one who is always reverent, but one who hardens his heart falls into trouble. A wicked ruler over a helpless people is like a roaring lion or a charging bear. A leader who lacks understanding is very oppressive, but, but one who hates dishonest profit prolongs his life. Someone burdened by blood guilt will be a fugitive until death. Let no one help him. The one who lives with integrity will be helped, but one who distorts right and wrong will suddenly fall. The one who works his land will have plenty of food, but, but whoever chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. A faithful person will have many blessings, but one in a hurry to get rich will not go unpunished. It is not good to show partiality, yet even a courageous person may sin for a piece of bread. A greedy one is in a hurry for wealth. He doesn't know that poverty will come to him. 
One who rebukes a person will later find more favor than the one who flatters with his tongue. The one who robs his father or mother and says, that's no sin, is a companion to a person who destroys. A greedy person stirs up conflict, but but whoever trusts in the Lord will prosper. The one who trusts in himself is a fool, but one who walks in wisdom will be safe. The one who gives to the poor will not be in need, but one who turns his eyes away will receive many curses. And when the wicked come to power, people hide. But when they are destroyed, the righteous flourish. And my friends, that wraps up uh, chapter 28. Uh, Keep an eye out tomorrow. We're going to just do, I think we'll just knock down chapter 29 as tomorrow's reflection for Sunday. And just kind of make that a, um, I don't know if we can call that contemplative, prayerful reading. But that's what we'll do with chapter 29 tomorrow. Let me pray for you. Uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for those that have reached out this week uh, and just allowed me to just be part of their life and to pray with them. Um, If you sent me a text or we talked on the phone, know that I am praying for you again. And Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you that you just give us a vision of what sensible reality should look like because it's based on your just and righteous kingdom. Lord, I just pray that our eyes to see and ears to hear will have clarity within within the realms in which we do live. Lord, that we will see clearly the contrast between your way and the world's way. Lord, that we will clearly discern spirits who do not confess you as Lord. And Lord, that we will remember that we will step up because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.